The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight is brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight. Jeff Shannon. Well, good morning. This is Jeff Shannon, and this is Sumner County Spotlight. Welcome in to today. And, uh, you know, a lot of things have opened up here recently with the concerts and the music and the events starting to come back. And we have exhibitions and things coming up like that. But we have a, a major exhibition that's going to be opening up in Monhaven coming up here from June 20th to August 1st. And it's going to feature the work of two great guys, Tennessee-based artists, who both served in the Vietnam War. And this this story is going to blow you away. So we're going to, let's kick it off. And I want to introduce to you David Wright and Chuck Creasy. They're here with us uh, in the studio. And Chuck, let's start with you and uh, tell us about yourself. Okay, Jeff. I was born and uh, raised early on in Westmoreland, Tennessee. So I'm just right up the road. Mm -hmm. uh, Oh boy. We moved to Nashville when I was about seven or eight now we live in hendersonville back in sumner county i was drafted in the army in 1966 i'd had two years of college and set out a quarter to get married and immediately got drafted (laughs) now i wound up in the army i'd had two years rotc already in college so they convinced me to go to uh to OCS, Officer Candidate School, and I did. Uh, graduated uh, from Fort Sill, Oklahoma, in artillery. And a year later, after training in the Mojave Desert, uh, I, oh, I wound up in <laughs> I wound up in Vietnam. Uh, wow. And I was uh, I was a first lieutenant and a forward observer with an infantry company over there. Uh-huh. Uh, not a very glamorous job and scary as the Dickens, but yeah. uh, you know, uh, thank goodness. I made it. Yes. Uh, David, it's got more interesting story than that. Not so, at all. So, so, <laughs> from my standpoint. Yeah, so David Wright, tell us about yourself. Well, I was. Uh, I grew up in Goodlitzville. Oh, did not you? far okay. from here and moved to Gallatin in 91. So I've been a Sumner County resident almost long enough to be considered a local resident <laughs> yeah. now. But as it is, I've been an artist all my life. I went to art school in 60 through 62. And that same art school that Chuck went to after he came back after the you know after the war so ever since 1969-70 we've known each other we've been artists even though we were both in the graphic arts business and chuck actually went in and retired from that business i got out of it in 78 when i went to painting fine art full time we both painted on the side so we've Mm -hmm. been artists and painters all of our life basically so anyway i was drafted like we all were back in those days in January 1964 and by December of 64 I'd volunteered believe it or not and went to Vietnam which I didn't even know where it was at that time but <laughs> now didn't you learn in the military you never volunteer for anything well I've been told that <laughs> but as it was you know I wanted to be a soldier and of all things I got an MOS as artist 
And I thought, what? boy, I've got it made. I'm in the <laughs> Army for two years, and I've got an MOS as an artist. Sent to Fort Gordon, Georgia, which is great duty. Wow. But I wasn't being a soldier yeah. as such. And I thought, I'm in here for two years. Why not be a soldier? Soldier came in our barracks, got just transferred from a place called Vietnam. He said, hey, they're shooting at you over there. <laughs> and so if I'm going to be a soldier, let's see what happens there. So I volunteered, and boom, by wow. December, I was there. As an advisor <laughs> to MACV, Military Assistance Command, uh-huh. and spent my year there and came back in December of 65. While I was there, during that year, I did sketches, mm-hmm. uh, black and white mostly, of people and soldiers, things that uh, interested me very much so in the people in the country, and we'll talk more about that later yeah. on. But that began the concept of what ultimately wound up with the nucleus for this show, and Jim Chuck's contribution to that, you know, that came about later explains the then my work then and chuck's work now and when did the collaboration start where you go hey we got to work together here can i say this one (laughs) actually so we've known each other for 50 years right 51 years 52 52 years as artists and we seldom ever talked about our experiences in the war yeah until one day chuck came over well 2018, his children took him back for a a tour of Vietnam, and uh, so that's 50 years after he was there in 68. And as he said, and we'll tell you, he was so taken with the country and the people today that he started doing paintings. So one day in my studio, Chuck came over and he had some paintings. He said, let me show you what I've been doing. And I looked at his paintings and I said, let me show you what I did 50-something years ago, because these drawings have been in a box basically stored away wow. ever since I got back home. Only my family probably has seen them, but I kept them all. Yeah. I pulled them out and showed them to Chuck, and we started comparing our work, and I'm going to let Chuck take it from here yeah. to tell you where it went from there. Yeah, yeah, it, it was really an interesting story. Actually, I, when I got back from Vietnam in 2018, a trip that was absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I got back, I was so, I guess, excited or encouraged about what had happened in the country in the 50 years since I was there, uh, that I started doing a series of watercolors. Uh, I paint strictly in watercolor. I'd taken a lot of photographs and done some on-site sketches. And uh, so when I got back, I started a series of paintings. The first one or two I did, I figured I'm going to take these up to Dave and get his uh, get his input. He's a, he's a great uh, mentor to me and one of the finest painters in America today. But anyway, took them up. Dave said, wow, those are really cool. And he pulls out these things he'd done in Vietnam uh, 54 years earlier. And I'm going, my goodness, beautiful pencil drawings, little little small paintings mm-hmm. uh, of people. And interestingly enough, that's basically what I had done or was starting to do was work about the people in the places that I saw in Vietnam. So I said, David, you did those then. I'm doing these now. We've known each other forever. There might be a show in this thing, you know. So yeah, wow. So, well, I think a lot of people, you know, when you think back on Vietnam, it seems so long ago. And when you think, gosh, it's fifty something years. You go, how is that possible? How did time fly? You know, since that all this happened. But the fact that you all were able to 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 come in and, and kind of merge these different styles because there's a different style here i think it's going to be a great uh, exhibit how, how did this thing kind of start say well let's contact monhaven do a do an art exhibit well we did and when we talked about you know well if we were to do a show of chuck's work today which is beautiful full color yeah it is that watercolors of the country today which is uh totally different than my black and white sketches that i mm-hmm. did back then and we asked ourselves where 
you know, and the first place, of course, that came up was Mont Haven, right here in Hendersonville, yeah. the uh, signature art cultural event they place in our in our area. Yeah, we like to call it the Cheekwood of the North. <laughs> Cheekwood North, yeah. And, well, I mean, Cheryl know, does a great job over there, oh, you know, yeah. helping she promote this and bringing you know, in these, these great John shows. Her and yeah. and all of them that work there. Uh, for the past two years, we've been very involved with them and learned a lot about their mm-hmm. their organization and their uh, future plans, too. Yeah. But anyway, we pitched it to Cheryl, and she was receptive and wanted to do it. And two years plus now, we've almost done this. We've been planning to do this show. Of course, COVID killed us last year. Yeah. They canceled yeah. the show. So we're back this year, finally, and we're ready to go. Well, I mean, we've got some great sponsors on board. You know, the, the Blacks. Uh, uh, Congressman, Congresswoman Diane Black and her husband, and I guess are some uh, presenting sponsors. And U.S. Uh, Pest, uh, J.K. And, and Eric are great people. And you know, I think it, it it's great when you have the support of the community. But now, I think Monhaven really does. I think people really support it. They understand what it's there for and and how it brings people together. The works are amazing. I mean, you had some great shows there. William Lee Golden had his photography there. Had a big exhibit that was fabulous, and several others that that we've attended. This one. Sound, just sounds amazing and you're having a uh, kind of a special treat for everybody <laughs> there as well <laughs> yeah david and i when we were in vietnam logged as most vets over there did a lot of time in a huey helicopter mm-hmm. so as we talked about this thing it kind of gained momentum and uh, evolved as most exhibits do and the more we talked the, the more excited we got so we contacted a couple of guys up in west virginia that are vietnam vets ex helicopter pilots in vietnam they now have a vintage huey that actually flew in Vietnam that they have restored. And uh, they said, yeah, we'd be glad to come down. And David and I said, well, maybe you could fly us into the exhibit. We could pop smoke and and, uh, and land there at, uh, at Mont Haven's uh, deal. And, and then... After people have seen the exhibit, we'll give free helicopter rides uh, to the folks. Wow. There. So that's kind of a, an interesting twist to an art exhibit, I it think. It is. <laughs> uh, I've never heard that before. But Well, the, the Huey was our workhorse. It was our lifesaver. Mm. You know, I, I flew over 100-something missions as a door gunner in the Huey, and Chuck was lifted into bad times and pulled out of bad times with Hueys. That's what they did. So every Vietnam vet can relate to the Huey. And we actually have a quote that's connected to our show very strongly written by another Vietnam vet, combat photographer Nick Mee Mills. And that's, beats there the heart of a Vietnam veteran that does not quicken at the sound of a helicopter. And boy, you just don't know how true that really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know. Today, 50 years later. Yeah. Still, yeah. A, we can tell a Huey when it pops the horizon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every war... <laughs> Every war has its vehicle, you know. I mean, World War II had the Jeep on and on. Yeah, but Vietnam, Vietnam was the definitely had the helicopter. I, I wrote a line the other day for a, for an ad I'm doing to promote this show over a photograph of a helicopter that said, the helicopter was our salvation and those who flew it were our angels. That, that is so uh, true. Uh, I wouldn't be here today. And I don't think David would either. I would not be here sitting in this beautiful studio had it not been for the helicopter and the helicopter pilots. Yeah, and you have to give uh, you know major kudos and angels because that's what they are. These these pilots are able to navigate these huge vehicles into tiny little spaces. <laughs> and oh, yeah, we, we were we were talking earlier how you got to fit it at Monhaven, but he said, ah, that's nothing. We got plenty of room there. <laughs> well, you know, there's lots and lots of stories. The two of the pilots, uh, Mike Holcomb and Robert Curtis, both flew in Vietnam. And, in the 60s. In fact, uh, Mike Holcomb 
flew probably the last helicopter out of the embassy evacuation in 73. Wow. He wasn't the last. He said, the Marines might have flown behind me because they always fly their guys out in their helicopter. They would come out in the Army's helicopter. But Robert Curtis flew Chinooks, and he's written two books about his experiences, and he'll have his books there, too. So Okay. They're both interesting guys, and they don't charge anything for taking rides, but they do take donations. So Mm -hmm. if anybody can come and want to ride in here, I guarantee you it's an experience that you'll never forget. Well, I mean, there's just... Can I say one thing? Oh, absolutely. Go right ahead. uh, You mentioned Dr. Black and Diane. Of course, Diane was our congressman for a number of years, and David Black also is a Vietnam veteran. Mm -hmm. He was a Marine. He was there the same year you were there. Yeah, in the same area. Uh, We were in Da Nang and Chu Lai, the same area together, same time. Yeah. So both of them stepped up and and contributed enormously to fund our show, and we really appreciate their support too yeah well i think this is a very kind of a unique exhibit that i think a, a lot of people are going to appreciate because i mean this area we have a lot of vets here and uh, david Moomy down at the vfw here at uh, old shackle is a, a great supporter of veterans you know we have the parades that he puts on he's a, a great support i'm sure he's going to be making an appearance uh, i would pretty much guarantee that he'll he'll be there but it, the support that you guys are going to have for this i think is going to be amazing it's called vietnam two soldiers two artists two journeys then and now and we have the art of david wright and, and chuck creasy uh, right here and this is it, i'm telling you just from what i'm seeing and and the pamphlet that you gave me here i think is amazing i mean this is something that really kind of spells this whole thing out are you going to have these uh, at the uh, at mont haven actually we're going to have a catalog of the exhibit which okay. will have okay. all of our works both of our work and what you see there our our bios and backgrounds mm-hmm. and also some testimonials from people like charlie uh, daniels general cavin barry rice barry rice yeah. So it's uh, well. This work that'll be, be available. Will, you, will you have this for sale? Can people buy the pieces? Absolutely, uh, or okay. actually make a co- contribution to Mont Haven. Oh, well, that's uh, that's David nice. and I are not selling any of our works okay. in this exhibit, which again is sort of a, an odd thing for an art show. <laughs> but anything that is raised through our efforts will go okay. to benefit Mont Haven's uh, healing art program that they have for veterans. Exceptional. Yeah, on Saturday night, the VIP evening, which is a pay pay event, of course, and it's a fundraiser mm-hmm. for Mont Haven. Okay. Our speaker that night is Captain Bill Robinson. Now, Bill shot down the same year I was there. He's a helicopter crewman captured by the North Vietnamese, spent seven and a half years as a POW until they were freed in 73. And Bill is our speaker, and he'll be talking about his experiences as a POW. And that's Saturday night, you know, okay. at the VIP dinner, but show opens to the public on Sunday. And they can uh, head over to Monhaven uh, to get more information on it. Uh, it's Monhaven Art and Cultural Center, uh, Center uh, dot com. so you can head to the website. Uh, their number is 615-822-0789, just, or just Google Monhaven. Imagine you'll you'll be able to find it. It's uh, definitely right there. So the exhibit's going to be running from June twentieth to August first again at Monhaven, and it is going to be uh, incredible. I think everybody's going to be uh, anxious to go out and see that and go ride the helicopter. <laughs> Please come. Yeah. I think you enjoy. One other thing I would like to say about our show: this is not what we would term a combat art show. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a combat artist, and, and of course Chuck, being an artillery fort reserver, didn't have time to do any. Mm-hmm. artwork but it's more of a historical documentation of two soldiers journeys just yeah. like the title says what i did 
Dan, in 1965, is of the people and uh, that I encountered as an advisor, soldiers, civilians, children. It's not the ugly side of war. And then, of course, Chuck's wonderful paintings he did today reflect what's happened since that war mm-hmm. and Vietnam is it, uh, and the people as it shows today. So hopefully we people will take away a different side, a different view, I guess, of the war through our work. Yeah, absolutely. And on all of the downer, ugly side of war, which <laughs> yeah. there, it was there, but not in this, I'm not going to see that in this work. Well, guys, I, I want to thank you for, for popping in here and taking the time to, to let us know about this, because I think it's a, a very special event. I can't wait to see it. And uh, if I fall out of the Huey... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, one good thing about about taking a ride on the Huey, you will not be coming into a hot LZ. That's be, right. wow. There'll be no tracers coming in. There'll be coming tracers. Thank goodness. You know. <laughs> hey. Okay, well, I listen, I want to thank you guys, uh, David Wright and Chuck Creasy, once more for uh, their time coming in here and telling us about this uh, great exhibit that's going to be going on in Monhaven. Again, June 20th to August 1st. You can check it out on Monhaven on uh, social media, get all the information, get the uh, details of this exhibit. So, guys, thank you again for coming in. We appreciate it very much. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake. Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbag.com. Okay, welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight. This is Jeff Shannon, and we have another topic here I think is going to interest everyone, and it is a quite worthy cause, and we have some folks here in the studio we'll introduce you to. First, we have Taylor Rowe. She's the founder of Live Love Nashville, and we have Josh Miranda and the infamous Andy Gilly, our parks director here for the city of Hendersonville, who does an incredible job here and keeping him busy. I will say that for sure. We're going to talk to all three of them here. Taylor, let's, uh, let's start off with you. Give us a little background and... Tell us what you're about. So I'm Taylor. I am from Hendersonville, born and raised. I've been here my whole life. I have two children, and I founded Live Love Nashville, which is a 501c3 nonprofit in 2017. And it is a broad nonprofit, so it focuses on people in need in the Middle Tennessee area. want to make sure that all of the money stays right here and that people know exactly where all of the money is going. So I give 100% of the proceeds to the organization. I don't pay myself a salary. And and everyone knows that 100% of their donation is going to be right to the cause. Mm-hmm. So you have apparel? Is that what, what you I sell as well? I do have apparel, yep. Okay. And I sell that for around 20 to $30 with the Nashville Skyline on it. And that is the same thing. 100% of the proceeds go right back to the organization. Well, I think a lot of people ask, uh, they want to know where the money is going when they're uh, donating, especially if, if they're just now finding out about you. Because I've heard some great things that, that y'all are doing. And I think it's wonderful. The the event that you're attached to now, I guess you're, you're hooking up with the, the Jay and Zeke Foundation. So tell us a little bit about how that came about. So Jessie was a dear friend of mine. She was 30 and she just a beautiful wonderful soul and her and her son Zeke were tragically murdered in December by a disgruntled employee and so it was worst tragedy you could imagine and so instantly we knew that we wanted to do something we wanted to remember their names forever and have their legacy live on forever so the Jay and Zeke Foundation formed pretty quickly after that and we decided that we wanted to hit the ground running and start this concert and do an event so the community could help support this organization and this cause. So the Jay and Zeke Foundation is going to be helping families that go through a similar tragedy and give them financial support for funeral costs or grief counseling and just help them financially because some families may not be able to afford mm-hmm. that. So with the with the foundation, I guess they're they're doing different events, you know, constantly to 
to try to raise funds to, to help these folks, which I think is a, an awesome cause. With what you all are doing with Live Love Nashville, that's got to be a pretty crazy task to try to keep up with everything. Is it just you or do you have a, other folks that work with you? We have a team, you know, I think Andy and people like Josh, too, helping out. And I think everybody that hears this story and knows what we are about, they want to join forces with us. And they know and their heartstrings are pulled and tugged at this cause because they want to help. They want to be a part of it. And this community has been so good to live with Nashville with supporting everything that we've done. Well, and a lot of the things that you're helping folks with and those uh, the homeless children, which I think is a, a staggering number. You have here over 3,000 homeless children in, in just in Nashville. Yeah, that's I mean, not that even a, including that's Sumner That's a crazy County. number. And wow. it's constantly rising. And I think people, when they think of homeless, they think of people that are living outdoors under bridges and things like that. But homeless doesn't necessarily have to look like that. It could be people that your kid, children are in school with every day and they just don't have a constant shelter at home. They're bouncing between friends' houses or they don't know where they're going to lay their head that night. Yeah. And that's so scary that it's right here in our community. Yeah. And, and I will say that uh, Dr. Dell Phillips with the Summer County Schools uh, just sent out a release the other day that they're going to continue the food program, so the breakfast and lunch next year for the kids, which I think is an amazing Absolutely. thing Absolutely. It's incredible because a lot of these children, they might not get a hot meal if it wasn't for that school program. Mm-hmm. And so it's just absolutely incredible. I'm so ecstatic that they're continuing that. Yeah. And anything we can do to help. And it's when you don't realize how big the problem is. I mean, you watch it on TV, you see the tent cities, you see what's going on down here. Now in Sumner County, uh, I don't I don't have any numbers uh, for that, but I don't think we have like tent cities going up. There might be some hidden around. The, the whole idea of helping these folks is, is so important and what you're doing to step up. And a lot of folks don't do that, that you're stepping up and, and making an effort to, to help these people. And of course, we can't help them all, right? But we got to do everything we can. We can try. Yeah, absolutely. Try. Now, with the Jay and Zeke Foundation, uh, Josh, you have kind of a connection uh, to this as well. And the, the fact that these artists are helping out and remembering the, these folks. And you have some connection? Yes. Yeah, so I went to uh, school with Jesse. And I didn't necessarily like, grow up, grow up with each other. But, I mean, we knew each other in high mm-hmm. school. And uh, my best friend's older sister was one of her best friends. And like Taylor was saying, you know, it's such a tragedy. She's such a beautiful, kind-hearted woman. And so anything that I can do or that our friend group can do to help out, we're going to do. Well, it's, it's honorable you're doing that because you're staying pretty busy these days, I, I think. <laughs> Yeah, you know, 2020 was kind of a an off season for me, but um, we're we're hitting the ground running right now. Yeah. I'll say that. Well, I mean, you had I guess you were the recipient of the ASCAP Song of the Year for Somewhere on a Beach. Yeah, that was a that was a cool time with Dirks. I enjoyed huh? that. Yeah, yeah. Dirks. You know, we had him out at the Legends uh, Fishing Tournament. Uh, Dirks was out there, and I hadn't seen him in a while. And you remember when he came out? He had this like wolfman beard on him. I did not even recognize him that he went to, and it was a real thick one. I think he's cut it down a little bit now, but didn't recognize him. It was crazy. Yeah, he changes like his hairstyle <laughs> yes. and beard often. You know, I, my birthday's in September and he pretty much just moved his entire family out to Colorado. And I got a video from him. He sent me a video of him on his front porch in Colorado, with the mountains in the background and stuff. And yeah. I almost didn't recognize him again because he had really long hair. And he's doing these marathon bike stuff. Yeah, trying to stay in shape. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's doing uh-huh. a lot better job than I am, I'll say that. <laughs> but I think the beard thing is really starting to kick off. I think William Lee Golden might have started that way back. <laughs> but he hasn't stopped. He's just then cut. He was in the studio a couple weeks ago. He's got a new book out, to Behind the Beard. And uh, he was talking about how that all came about. He just decided 
and it's going to let it grow, and that's what he's doing. Um, so, what are the uh, what are the things? What do you got on tap these days? Coming up for me, I signed a record deal mid COVID, which was a weird time to sign a record deal because normally in the music industry, you know, you sign a record deal, you make your record, put out a single, and you go on tour. Well, there was no tours because it was COVID, so I just got to spend a lot of time um, writing for my record, picking the right song. So I'm in the studio actually this week recording my record, and single comes out next month, I believe, and we're doing shows again. I get my road legs back, but <laughs> yeah. uh, doing all that and you know writing for my buddies and trying to get on their records as well so we're we're definitely staying busy you know the the event that we have coming up here you know i think is going to be very important and it's going to be uh, another one of those great concerts that andy's responsible for bringing here to to hendersonville and the fact we're going to be out at sanders ferry park we have plenty of room right i mean we have a great backdrop. Uh, it's a great place to put people, and it's going to be an, an awesome concert. Now, if you folks haven't heard about this, it's going to be on uh, Tuesday, June 22nd at Sanders Ferry Park, and it is to help remember Jesse and Zeke uh, with the Jay and Zeke Foundation. So, uh, the Hendersonville Parks and Recreation Department is going to put on this great show. It's going to be, like I said, on the 22nd. Come to find out, I, right, this is um, Zeke's 10th birthday on, on that date. Was that planned? Yeah, so that date was very significant for us that we wanted to celebrate his life on that birthday, as well bring the community all together to just remember his life at the same time at the, on that date. Well, that's that's a good one. And it's only like $20, right? You get in $20 and all the, the money that, that's raised is going to the Jay and Zeke Foundation to provide that financial grief support for people who go through these tragedies, which is sad that we have to do that, but hey, we're doing it. And Andy, you've got this thing uh, all put together? I hope it's all put together. <laughs> we'll find out <laughs> on the 22nd. Who else do we have coming out? Uh, it's going to be a great night. We've got uh, Tyler Farr, Colin Ray, Megan Patrick, Ryman Wooten, who's up and coming young man who actually won the Hendersonville Has Talent show a couple of years ago on the 4th of July. And then we have Josh, who is, um, Josh has been always willing to answer the call yeah. here. Um, when we started doing these hometown jams a couple of years ago, that was probably one of the first phone calls I made. He's all in. He's been all in ever since. You know, all the artists that are, live here or from here are so giving with their time. Um, if you can find the right time that fits with their schedule, sure. that's the key to these things. You know, people ask, why is it on Tuesday? Why is it? If, we, if we want all these people who really care and want to get back to our city, we need to fit their schedule. So that's mm-hmm. another reason to have it on a Tuesday. But anytime Taylor comes with a cause, I've sat back and watched her work magic in our community. It was just a good fit for us to be able to put a concert together to help this cause because it is a, it is a great mm-hmm. it's a great cause. It's a, a horrible reason why we have the cause. That's right. But I think in the future, good is going to come from all these good people working together. Yeah. Well, you got some great folks doing this to bring Colin Ray over here. He's got all that back problems. You know? uh, Colin, <laughs> so you want a commercial? Uh, Colin, uh, yeah. I, I can't wait to hear Colin Ray. I, I, you know, that's my childhood there. Yes. Driving down the back roads of Hendersonville, <laughs> listening to Love Me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, getting uh, all the artists together, like I said, has is, is got to be a, a real chore and a lot of back and forth and trying to you know coordinate schedules. It, it can be. It's, yeah. You know, it's just a matter of trying to find dates and find people that really want to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. and this right now it's kind of crazy to get artists because everybody's got opportunities to just go wild on go the road crazy. right now. Yeah. Everything's... 
I know I, I distinctly remember Josh telling me a few months ago, he said, when it's going to open back up, it's going to be like the Roaring Twenties. I remember a direct quote. <laughs> We're and, back. I, and I think we are 100% about to see that happen. Yeah. And, it, you know, to my knowledge, this, this will be one of the biggest first outdoor kind of big crowd shows around the Nashville area. A lot of the artists aren't still be able to play Nashville right now. Mm-hmm. They're going to other areas. And Nashville's kind of missing out, so we're happy to have something like this right up the road. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that music is back is, is so important, especially here in Summer County. With our history that we have here, it's totally incredible that we're, we're doing this now and, and kind of preserving all of this and keeping the music going. I just, I'm a firm believer that we have to continue the music and the history of the music here in Sumner County and especially here in Hendersonville because you just can't let it pass, you know, and we have all these artists that are, are attracted to this area for obvious reasons. We have great parks. We've got a great scenery. We've got the lake. We've got everything out here. So, uh, you know, in fact, one time it was known as the city of the stars before it was this city by the lake. It's going to continue. Yeah, it's not just the artists. It's the sound guys. It's Absolutely. The, the agents. Mm-hmm. All these people live in Hendersonville. Yep. It's, it's definitely a place that everybody has gravitated to. And I, I remember there's an interview with Johnny Cash where Larry King says, now, Johnny, tell us you're from Nashville, right? And he stops me. He says, no, I'm from Hendersonville. Yeah. That's, a, that's always stuck in my mind, too. Yeah. And I think people are proud to say that. So, And a lot of artists say, you know, let's say Nashville, you know, that kind of thing. But the Oaks are great. When, they, when they're interviewed, they always say, we well, live in Hendersonville, mm-hmm. which they have for a lot of years. So they, there's nothing wrong with that. So how did they get tickets to, to this event? Uh, you can go to HendersonvilleJam.com and okay. follow the links. And it's pretty simple. They're $20. We have two companies in our town that have stepped up and actually purchased 250 tickets that we were able to give away to the community a week or two ago. And, um, those went in like 20 minutes. And uh, I believe we have another company that, that does business here that's going to do the same thing. So people need to watch out for free ticket Friday coming up here before <laughs> too long. Out. And also, we want to make sure everybody knows that kids 12 and under get in free. Okay. there's There will be kind of a kid zone and food trucks and all kinds of entertainment things going on that makes it a family-friendly event. I think, well. Andy, you're doing face painting for the kids. Is that right? I'm going to do... Actually, I'm doing balloon twisting. Balloon, oh, perfect. Yes. I'm looking forward to that. Yes. I'll bring my daughter out. Taylor is going to do face painting. I'm doing balloon twisting. Well, you know what What really drove home the fact that, that, that music is back and people want to get out? We just had the at the event at Rock Castle, the singer-songwriters night at the Rock Castle. This, I've never seen a crowd that big in a lo- long time, but this place was packed and it was cold then yeah. the temperature dropped and but everybody braved it out and heard some some great talent so yeah, music's back memorial day we had the isaacs yes at the park and there was 1500 people there average age 65 they were packed in like sardines so that was good to see too <laughs> yeah and, and so I, it's just so important that we continue this but uh, you know i i think that uh, what you're doing taylor i think is uh, incredible and the fact that you've you've you know taken on this this task I know that it's going to feel really good when this is all done and anything you can do to, to help these folks and help others, I think is so important. And the fact you got all the people on board here and, you know, Josh taking uh, time out of his starting his tour, right? Well, Touring that. is going to be good. <laughs> I'm excited to tour. I need to figure out how to do it again. It's kind of like a joke with all of my artist buddies. We call it our, we have to be in road shape. It's a totally different life out there. And then, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of us have a wife and children at home. So as soon as you get off the bus or van or whatever you're traveling in, then the real world guess starts. who doesn't care what how tired you are from the weekend? <laughs> That's right. You know, <laughs> little kids don't. So <laughs> it is a, it's a, it's a chore. Now you said you're going to go to uh, go on recording some more. Yes. Yes. I'm recording my first 
released I've released music as an independent artist um, that did really well for me but this is my first project under a record label and so I'm very excited okay, that's good to have a, a team behind me that you know other than me just submitting it to Spotify sure you know well, there's actually a game plan and people working on it so well good we wish you all the luck with that and uh, thank you see you see some great things and look forward to seeing you on the 22nd as uh, June 22nd we have the Jay and Zeke Foundation we got Live Love Nashville we got the Hendersonville Parks Department involved a lot of great uh, talent is putting this together so if you want to get involved with this just head over to hendersonvillejam.com uh, get your tickets all the benefit all the proceeds go to the Jay and Zeke Foundation so guys thank you so much for for coming out and visiting with us I'm looking forward to a great crowd we'll follow up with you so thanks much FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights since 1906 FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first class products and services visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com and welcome back to Summer County Spotlight. This is Jeff Shannon, and so nice to have you along here and uh, spending a little time with us. And we're going to get into some exciting stuff now because <laughs> we have a very famous uh, person here. And, well, I think you're famous anyway. Oh, well. <laughs> you're a Tennessee State Representative <laughs> in the 40th. 40th. You're the 40th. Uh, I am. Now, now, that's Smith, DeKalb, Trousdale, and Sumner County. Yes. So you represent all them. Of course, we're talking with Terry Lynn Weaver. Yes. And everybody knows who you are. Most everybody, I guess. I hope. Or if you don't, hello. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give a little uh, quick bio on, on Terry Lynn Weaver. Uh, Terry Lynn Weaver, a wife, a mother, a grandmother of two, a singer, songwriter, a state representative since 2009, um, lives in the holler of Smith County on a farm, and I was planting a bunch of stuff for the last two days, and I'm sore today. <laughs> In the rain? In between the rain. Yeah. In between the... I thought, God, if I get this in the ground, you know, that good old rain from the from the heavens above will nourish it and it'll grow wonderfully. So, yeah, planted and dug a little bit too much. What are you, what are you planting? <laughs> oh, we've been transplanting, moving other plants, making new flower beds. My husband's been planting fruit trees, grapevines, plum trees, raspberries, blackberries. Wow. And we put the garden in. So, a good lot of planting going on. Anytime I try to plant something, especially in this, whatever this dirt is called, clay Clay. nothing grows it just well you gotta add stuff you know you gotta add cow poop and all that kind of good stuff that helps (laughs) and pine mulch and (laughs) that all makes a difference yeah no and you know it's i think you got to have a a knack for that like my next door neighbor they're growing things that crawl up the fence and they've got tomato (laughs) plants and they put pear trees in and uh blackberry things it's like how do you do that well you put it in and then you pray for it yeah exactly (laughs) then you got to protect it from the crit well, that's true. And my husband has an electric fence around oh, ours. Yeah. And so the deer have learned to, mm, maybe not today. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to go there. No, <laughs> not going to. There's, there's so many things to talk about. And yes. What I'd like to do is just let you talk about what you're passionate about. I think everybody would like to know that. Gee, that's a a huge order. We got time. Okay. Well, you know, first of all, I am passionate about music. Obviously, that's what I like to do. And a guitar. And I keep my guitar set in my office by my desk. And I'm known to pick it up and just break away from the emails. And Well, remind me, I'm I'm going to turn you on to a new capo. This is the most amazing capo. you You can move it with your thumb and still be playing. And Whoa. change it on the it, greatest thing. I'll oh, tell you, you gotta show you know. me that. I yes, I'm interested. I just got it the other day, and I'm going. Then I don't right. have to. Go, oh, excuse me, I got to move my capo up yeah. for frets. <laughs> yeah, just take your thumb in the back and slide it down. That's pretty awesome. And that the business is down in Franklin. 
That's pretty cool. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll let check you know. it out. Yeah. So, okay. So, yes, I'm passionate about music. I love good acoustic, bare bones music and um, music that makes you feel something. Music that makes you want to be in, that inspires you. Reason why I sing a lot of gospel music. And um, passionate about um, my home, my husband. My family. I love my grandbabies and my, my and my granddog Luke. You had a granddog. I had yeah. him for a week. He came with us on a trip while my while my son and daughter in law and the and the kids went to Florida. I'm passionate about serving the people of District 40, and I'm very honored that they saw fit to elect me to represent them on a state level in Nashville and the issues that that concern them. I serve on education. I've been serving on the education committee since I was elected, except for one term. I served on criminal justice and that was an experience but i ended up coming back to education and i also serve on transportation well, so, i know you're passionate about education yes i am very that, i think that's that's so important especially now with the last couple of years this things have been such disarray i mean it's like oh it's crazy isn't it? and virtual going in person but now i think this next year we're going back everybody's yes. going full-time yeah we need to get back on on the normal line and we need to get our kids in a classroom where they are one-on-one with a teacher on both sides of this of this of the spectrum it was hard for teachers you can't lasso in kids who don't show up online you know um there's no discipline there's no schedule that's part of school you learn to have a schedule you learn to appropriate your day and you know go through the checklist i'm looking forward to seeing our schools get back in the saddle again and i'm very passionate about the content our kids are reading i I homeschooled my children well my child my son and very i was i spent a lot of hours looking into textbooks and what the quality of the books were, what they were teaching them, because at an early age, they're very um, vulnerable and they're very, they absorb a lot of things. And that's why it's important you build a foundation and you build our history, you know, who we are as Americans, Mm -hmm. you know, why is this a great country and why is it important to preserve our freedoms for the next generation? All these things you teach our children are very important. And if we, if we miss that, we're going to lose a generation. And I believe we have really done a disservice to the last two or three generations mm-hmm. of kids. So what about this? Uh, do you think the virtual thing is going to continue where kids will have still have that option if they wanted to you know, learn virtually? Uh, there are still options to do that. And I think in some cases it should be considered an option to use. A lot of kids are very ahead of their age group. You know, we hear kids who are 12 years old graduating high school and going to college are going to go, oh my gosh, well, we don't want to hold those kids back. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm all for options. Yeah. Give me the option. Options. Let me see what works best for my situation. So what about the, uh, you, you were talking about the content uh, of the books. How, how do we control that? I mean, do we have to go back to the publishers or just eliminate those those textbooks out of the system altogether? Well, Tennessee has a cycle of books. I think it's every five or six years where we turn those books okay. around. In 2015, we set a textbook commission in place and their task to review the books, make a selection, make a suggestion, and then out of that four or five selections, they go to the local LEAs and they should be able to choose what's best for them. What's best for Davidson County is not always best for, say, Smith County or DeKalb County in my district. Mm -hmm. So we want to give them options to choose. Again, those books, you know, they have... um, 
they have agendas. I'm just going to come out and say it. Mm-hmm. And they have, and, and you can read the slant. You can read the stuff. Oh, God forbid you put anything in there about God or our country. God bless America. But and at the same time, you want to be able to give kids the truth on all on all sure. aspects, so that they can think for themselves and decide what to do. That's what we do as adults. We have many options which are good. Mm -hmm. And then we have to decide what works best for us, what's right, what's wrong, why that might be a good idea, why that might be a bad idea. So in that respect, kids should be be exposed to that. I don't want to keep kids in a bubble. Yeah. But on a state level, I mean, how do you pick those textbooks? I mean, is there a committee that has to read all of the content and decide, Yes. okay, well, that'll be good. Or mm-hmm. no, that has a mm-hmm. different slant. I That's mean, what is, they do. So is there is a, a textbook commission. Te- really, there mm-hmm. is such a thing. Yes, okay. we put it in place in 2015. And the State Department of Education supports all that, and they run that. They don't run it. Okay, uh, that was the problem. Oh, okay. We fixed that this last year. We made sure that they ain't the boss of the textbook commission. <laughs> there you go. They are run separately. They're not to be coerced or or pressured in any way. Yeah. And they are to do their job. That they were set to do and we have some new folks in place and i'm excited to watch them work <laughs> there you go well i mean it's got to be all the, the the textbooks i mean it's crazy task to, to sit there and go through all of that but I, I, it has to be done oh yeah and and another thing that we count on is parents mm-hmm. uh, parents be engaged know what your kids are learning i mean look at a lot of the textbooks now a lot of it's going online. It is. So yeah. we've, we fixed that to where they call a textbook transparency act to where you can go to that textbook and you as a parent okay. can put some eyeballs on it. So again, as a state rep, I need to hear from parents. If yeah. you see something there that you're not like, whoa, then we need to know. That's not a Google Classroom thing like a feature in Google Classroom or any of that. It's, no, you yeah. got to go to the actual Department of Ed website. Okay, uh, so that that's interesting because this past year, I mean, I've looking at, you know, my son coming home, I said, you got any homework? Nope, I don't have homework. They never even bring textbooks. They have to leave them at school, apparently. Yeah. They never bring them home. Go, well, that's well, the you... thing, and that's why parents need to press more and say, what are you reading? What did you read about in yeah. social studies today? Um, what's your history lesson? You learn anything about the Constitution? And not just the little itsy-bitsy, like, two paragraphs of the Constitution, mm-hmm. but are you learning what our forefathers had to sacrifice for the freedom that you now enjoy? Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. Yeah. What are they teaching? Mm-hmm. I mean, you ask them questions, and they go, I don't know. <laughs> well, they're not. I don't think... Of course, you know, when you and I were kids, we didn't really appreciate history when we were a kid. We're like, okay, whatever. You know, they signed the declaration. But then you get to a certain age and you start realizing the benefits of what they gave up so that we could. You know, when I was 14, I went to East Germany behind Charlie Checkpoint and I actually visited my, my family that lived there. So I stayed with them for the summer. And I will tell you, when I came back to the U.S. of A., I got off that airplane and I came down them steps before the terminals were up and kissed the ground because I was grateful that I was I'm not going to stay there. I was able to come home. I mean, that kind of stuff. It is kind of uh, kind of scary to think all of that went down. Yeah. And that Americans had to live through that Mm -hmm. and died for that. Mm -hmm. And. People need to appreciate Mm -hmm. what we did to make it great now. That's exactly right. And so now it's our responsibility to tell our children, our posterity, why it is important to stand strong for freedom and religious liberties 
and states' rights, things that are very were very important, are still important today, that were important to our founders when the when the Constitution, Declaration of Independence, and the Bill of Rights were written, and it's important to preserve those. Yeah, well, it's even like the Second Amendment. I know that's a kind of a passion of yours as you well. You bet. <laughs> you bet. You betcha. You know, I, I have a cousin who lives in Germany. They don't have Wooly. My cousin says, you know, Terry Lynn, be sure to do all you can to protect the Second Amendment. You don't want to be a country that can't protect yourself. And the reason why, I mean, a lot of people say, well, we don't have to hunt for our food anymore. I said, uh, well, some do, some don't. But that ain't the reason why we have our Second Amendment. Yeah. It's for a, a big, bad government who wants to be a tyrant. We are to pr- protect ourselves from that and be able to bear arms. So what so. about the open carry thing? What Did you support that? I did. Yeah. I did. Again, we discussion or conversation was, you know, all about the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Well, what about the good guys with guns? Well, the, ba- the bad guys aren't going to open carry. Well, they're going to conceal They're going to have them anyway, regardless gonna, of what kind of law we have. Yeah, because they're stolen anyway. Yes, you know what I mean? exactly. But, but he, which is like Chief Mickey Miller said, I mean, even uh, Chief down in, in Metro, don't put guns in your car. No, don't and then, do that. And then... Don't leave the keys in there and leave it unlocked for people to come in. And and that's what they do. Yes, (laughs) I know. It's pretty stupid, isn't it? Stupid is what stupid does. (laughs) You got a you know eight or nine hundred dollar weapon in there, and you're gonna just leave it in the car. Absolutely not. uh, No. no, Well, the good thing about the law that we did was the fact that if you do steal a gun and you're not supposed to have one, you're gonna get in big bad trouble. So. Well, we got some more to talk about. Let's take a break right now. We'll go back on the other side. I want to continue that because uh, I think people uh, are interested in that topic. So we'll be right back. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. And we're back here with Sumner County Spotlight uh, with Jeff Shannon, and it's so nice to have you. Hey, by the way, you know, you're going to be able to hear this podcast on our uh, website at whinradio.com starting on Monday, and all you do is go there, click on the, the podcast tab, and then go down to Sumner County Spotlight where you see all of the shows. You can listen to this exact program, so we appreciate that. Sponsored by our friends at FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard, right here in Hendersonville. We were talking Second Amendment stuff. Yes. And it's a lot of stuff. Yes, indeed. There's a whole lot of stuff going on in this culture, too. You know, we passed the permitless gun legislation. Any kind of gun incident that we actually hear about on the news is not by a law-abiding citizen. And the law-abiding citizens are exactly that. They're law abiding. Mm-hmm. There's zip, not a zero uh, incidents of a law abiding citizen getting in trouble. Yeah. So in order for you to we just felt let's let's pass legislation that focuses on if you're the bad person, this is what's going to happen to you. It is a Second Amendment right. It is your right to bear arms. A lot of us just feel we shouldn't have to get a permission slip from the government mm-hmm. to carry the gun. And and those of us who are smart practice with our guns. I live out on the farm. We have a target shoot. I know how to clean it. I know how to care for it. I know how to use it. (laughs) And so, again, it's just a no-brainer. So just because you steal a gun doesn't give you a right well, exactly. to use it. Well, exactly. That's exactly right. Just don't steal it and don't have one illegally. Do it. If you create it, if you if you're on record as as a felon, by all means, don't be caught with a gun. Just you know, the, go by the law. The crazy thing is that all these crazy idiots, the criminals, they think they have a right to carry a gun. Well, if it's, they they take it, I mean, yeah. I mean, they just again. It's how they use it. Those are the ones that are the problem. So they're always going to have a gun. Yeah. You know. So because guns don't shoot people. No, they don't. They don't just. Get Get up that 
off that table and go after somebody. It takes a person to do that. And a trigger. (laughs) (laughs) So learn what you're doing. I mean, I think most of these kids, and they're pretty much kids that are stealing these weapons out of of motor vehicles. And by the way, don't leave them in your car. Uh, No, that would be (laughs) not a good thing to do, for sure. Remember back in the day, everybody used to carry shotguns and their... Oh, when I was in high school, the back back of my truck had a long gun in it. Yeah. And I left the windows open and parked in the school parking lot. Yeah, you don't do that now. <laughs> no. <laughs> Where did that thing go? <laughs> oh, man, those are the days. Those are the Barney days. <laughs> so what are we expecting? You're getting a lot of pushback because that. I know you're going to get pushback either way. I don't care if it's good or bad. Somebody's going to push back on this and, and give you some problems. I really, to be honest with you, Jeff, I, I mean, I got a few emails on it, but okay. the majority of them were people that was, yeah, it, it's a no brainer. It makes sense. Again, it's all about the culture. It's all about what we teach our kids at home around the kitchen table. And we, we need to respect life. And, you know, when you have a gun, it's a huge responsibility. Mm-hmm. And the last thing, of course, you know this being in law enforcement and and I go through my classes and technical classes to learn about shooting and stuff. The last thing you want to do is shoot your gun. That's the last thing. But I feel good knowing I have it by my side. Mm -hmm. So explain to everybody, educate them how this, so it's, you don't need a permit. Mm-hmm. And you can open carry. So mm-hmm. explain how that works. Well, currently, I mean, you used to have to have a gun. In order to have a gun, you had to go apply for it. You had to pay. You had to renew it. Was all this permission slip, mm-hmm. and that is no longer no longer the case. So I can walk into a, a gun store and say, "Okay, I got that Glock right there. I want to buy that." And you go through your background, your background check. check. There's always background checks, which those should always be. Yeah. And in a waiting period. In a waiting period, okay. yes. Which is, I think that's, I think that's right. That mm-hmm. should be that way. Of course, you know, you can't determine when you're getting going through, and you never did anything wrong. You can't determine if that's a bad person who's never had a gun before until a bad thing happens, mm. and you can't predict stuff like that. Yeah. So, so do we punish law-abiding citizens who know how to how to handle gun, who know about guns? Do we say, well, you can't have one? No, you can't do that. So, so as far as the open carry, explain what that is. That's it's pretty obvious, but just open carry. Just so you can you, have a holster. You don't have to hide it. You don't have to conceal it. You can put a holster on your side. Right, just, but you know. now. I will say this. I would never do that. Yeah. I don't want somebody to know him. That's the point of, of the Because if something goes down, they're going for the person with the... I don't yeah. want to be, you know, like walking to Walmart and have this big old whomping thing on my hip and walk her in the aisle with my grocery list. I think that's stupid. Now, it, would, it would kind of fit in if you wore some short shorts and some boots and a furry hat and have that big gun. You'd fit right in. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. But I, I know, to me, conceal weapon is is exactly what it says. I think it's smart. It, in the same way in a building or an office or something, if a, if a someone's coming in to do harm and they see a sign that says no guns, well, history has proven on all these horrible incidences we've had, these no gun zones, This is that's where they go. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a free-for-all then. Yeah. But if they don't know, or if there's a question, there might be somebody in there with a gun, chances are they're going to pass by that place. Yeah. And also, people should educate themselves if they're going from state to state. Yeah. Because they're Reciprocity. all going to have di- different laws that would That's apply. Correct. So That's you correct. have to educate yourself. Mm-hmm. 
So if you're heading to Florida, you better know what, what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, right. Yeah. Correct. Well, that's cool. It's, it's definitely pretty deep right there. And I think uh, a lot of people were for that. And yes, they were. I had a majority of people yeah. emailing me and, and talking to me about it. Yes. Yeah. Well, on a different topic, we're going to talk real happy stuff here. All right. So Rock Castle. Okay. Yes. Everybody knows Rock Castle, which they had a great first concert. The singer songwriters night you know, a couple of weeks ago was amazing. The amount of people that were out supporting all of our songwriters and Rock Castle was just amazing. And the fact that you all have approved a $7.3 million preservation project to act, I guess, that's really going to help them build and refurbish that place. What, what are they using the funds for? Oh my gosh, all kinds of renovation going on there. I mean, it's just, it's been kind of uh, not tended to, obviously. What a novel thought. Preserve history instead of tear it down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm, again, I'm passionate about history as, a, as I talked to you earlier about it. And so in order to, for us to preserve it so our kids can enjoy it, and then you they go to that area. Well, what was it? what was this place? There's a story behind mm-hmm. it, and then you have an opportunity to tell your kids the story behind the building. So I think that's great news. I think that shows how much Tennessee, their mind and their thought behind uh, the state of Tennessee in preserving our history and not tearing it down. Yeah, absolutely. It's what we got to do. It's well, what we're supposed to do. And there's so much history here in Hendersonville. Oh, my that, goodness, that, yes. You know, and, and Gallatin. And it, it just, oh, my gosh, it's, it's crazy. But the fact that they're going to be able to to make this place even more enjoyable. Right. You know, updating the facilities. I guess the whole office complex is going to be all new. And, and they'll have uh, more uh, better efficient venues. Mm-hmm. So more places for people to enjoy the atmosphere. And, again, know the story behind the building. And uh, I heard the songwriters thing was a huge success. I would have been there. I was out of <laughs> I hated to miss it. <laughs> yeah, that was, really was nice. And the weather got a little chilly yeah. you know, towards the night, but people hung on. Yeah. And well, people are hungry for yeah. more outdoor events and getting together again. Sure, absolutely. And and speaking of that, the Porch Fest is coming up here on June 19th, right here at Hazel Path. We're going to have tons of great artists. I mean, the, the list is just phenomenal uh, that'll be there. So you have to come out. And, I am going to definitely know, be there. Maybe we'll put you on a porch. Uh, yeah, put me on a porch and I'll bring my guitar with the new... <laughs> Capo. <laughs> New Capo. Oh, you got to try it. I'm telling you. It's, it's, remind me that after I'll, so I don't forget. So we have two porches that are going to be going on, the Lexington porch and the Lancaster porch. And, you know, Chris Golden's going to be out there. And uh, Melanie... From back in the I day. I got a brand new pair of Yes. Skates. And they're going to be out there. Tim Atwood and a host of other just f- fabulous artists. So that's going to be going out all day there on the 19th. And we'll be out there. I need to play on the Lancaster porch because that's where I live in Lancaster, Tennessee. Now we say Lancaster. Lancaster. And it's spelled the same as Lancaster. Okay, here's one for you. Is it Lafayette or Lafayette? It's Lafayette. Lafayette? Lafayette. Laf- or Lafayette. Lafayette, <laughs> Macon County, Lafayette. <laughs> um, well, you know, so it's, things are, are starting to happen. You they know, are. And the, I'm the music so side excited. My son's in the music industry, and I mean, their tours were canceled. He plays for the Chicks. Mm-hmm. Um, their tours were canceled, and uh, I just feel for a lot of people in the music industry. I mean, that's what you do. When we traveled all those years playing music, if we weren't singing, we weren't paying our electric bill. It's as simple as that. So I know that folks are eager to get back out and feel the music again and hear the music and be amongst your family and friends. I mean, this this Zoom music concert in the living room thing, I guess, was good to, you know, pacify you. But nothing is better than going to a live show and, and 
feeling that music. Well, the CMT Awards were the other night, and it was amazing how many times they said, we're so glad to see people. <laughs> we're talking A-lister. You know, yeah. People. We are so glad to be in front of people and yeah. performing, you know. and I mean, that works both ways as an artist. Mm-hmm. You you know, you learn to read the audience and what they want to hear, and maybe they didn't want to hear the song that was on your song list. So you say, oh, let's do this one, guys. So, you know, again, it's that interaction with your alive audience. Absolutely. You know, we had uh, here at the Streets of Indian Lake, the uh, Center Stage Plaza is going to be opening up. They have their summer concert series going on. They're going to have entertainment here. We've got the entertainment in Gallatin. Yeah, I mean, on the square. It's all the places. It's happening. It's so yes, exciting. Yes, it is. You know it is. I mean? Even Carthage has a, a Saturday night concert night and a movie night. So yeah, yeah I think right. it's I think it's great. The, the, some of the folks you work with, is there anything that has come across, or anything that's uh, being worked on that would involve the music industry that you can think of? I don't put you on the spot on that, but I, uh, not that I can think of offhand on the state. It's most of that's done on a federal level. Senator Marsha Blackburn, she mm-hmm. tends to rally um, those that topic because again, it deals more on a federal basis. Mm-hmm. It's exciting stuff, but. That being said, you know, I said earlier, as a songwriter myself, if somebody is using our music to benefit them, then I think most definitely there needs to be a reciprocation Mm -hmm. of payment for that song. And a lot of people don't realize that they have to pay if they're playing somebody's music. No, they don't. So they throw that little disclaimer out. I I have no rights to this, this music. And is that a way around it where they can still use it, but as long as it's not for monetary purposes, right? Right. I don't, you know, I think there's a fine line in there. I mean, you're going, you're shopping, you're hearing some music, or you're going to a little cafe that, you know, is a small little business, just play as an artist, and they're playing my music. I'm like, wow, that, thank you. That mm-hmm. helps me get my music out. Yeah. So I just don't think it should be punitive or hard to but again i don't know how to draw those lines i I wouldn't know i i'm not parked long enough i i'm just the one who writes and plays and enjoys it the legal (laughs) stuff about it i just yeah well and they have folks that deal with that they do you know i think the the normal shop owner or you know it's kind of a business that might be playing music and they probably have no idea no i would actually have to have a license to to play that even if it's coming off the radio yeah, I, I I wouldn't know that. Who knows? They're they're more interested in just selling their product. Yeah, you know, they that's just right. have a lot. I'm a person. I have to have music on all the time. Yes, indeed. No matter what, even when I'm planting plants, I got to have Tom Petty or something yeah. something on there. Well, even at the radio station here, I mean, of course we we pay those right. fees that that to go out there, but we cannot stream live our radio show and play the music along with it. We have to cut that out. You know, so if we're doing, let's say, we're doing a Facebook Live thing here, if I'm talking, everything's great, but when I go into a song, we have to. We have to, you know, cut off that feed hmm. because then you're rebroadcasting it. I, I wow. don't, again, I know all the legalities of that, but they, it just they just keep throwing these things on you. Yeah. You well, follow. on a state level, we don't we don't tend to to go there in that in that sandbox. Yeah. That's more yeah. on a federal level. So as we start wrapping up, what is uh, give me one thing you're again passionate about that you want everybody to know? Well. I will always go back to my oath to protect the Constitution of the United States and the state of Tennessee. And one of the things I'm very passionate about is states' rights and separation of powers. Um, we know we have a guideline. It's very simple. Third grader can read the Constitution and understand what it says. Mm-hmm. And it says, you go here, you can't go there. You stay within the lanes and you're cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm passionate about that. And I think moving forward, our states are really going to the state legislators. Yeah. 
are really going to have to muscle up and uh, stand on the wall and say, kind of like Gandalf said uh, in Lord of the Rings, you shall not pass federal government. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have a lot of support. A lot of your friends down there, uh, I mean, you guys are... Or teaming up and make sure that this yes. is going to be done right. So we that's do. what you got to do. But yeah, we got a voice. Like my, like minds, you know, birds of the feather flock together. So yeah, we have yeah. a, I call us the nuke group. The nuke group. <laughs> Look out for the nuke group. Hey, it sounds like a song. I know. That could Uh-oh. be a song, the nuke group. Here we go. <laughs> Listen, Terry Lynn Weaver, we've been talking with her, and she's our a representative of the 40th district. I hope I said that right. Yes. And we appreciate you, you know, coming in, spending some time with us. And we always love to have you back here because you're so entertaining. And we didn't even hear you get to sing. So, um, well, I will. I'm the national anthem chick singer, first and second verse. Um, I've been invited to come out to be part of Life Fest, which is going to be July well, that's right. 29th. That's, yeah. um, I'm looking forward to that. This year, their stages were, were pretty busy. They're going to have a wonderful array of entertainers and music talented people yeah so i think i'm gonna put my name on the list for next year but that's coming up uh, next month well we can't wait terry lynn weaver thank you so much and uh well i guess that's gonna wrap up this uh, we wrapped one up we did (laughs) thank you jeff for having me it's (laughs) such an honor thank you anytime so that wraps up uh, summer county spotlight for this week Uh, this is jeff shannon we'll catch you next time so long Sumner County Spotlight on 100.7 WHIN 1010 AM has been brought to you exclusively by F&M Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, a home mortgage, or considering refinancing your home, F&M Bank will provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 AM. Thanks for listening.